Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Denver Nuggets are NBA champions for the first time in team history. Why this team? And why this year? Also, how real was this Miami Heat run and what does it mean for their future? Plus, why the NBA could see fireworks this offseason. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. For the first time in 47 years in the NBA, the Denver Nuggets have reached the mountaintop. Yes, pun intended. A 94-89 win in Game 5 in which both teams failed to make a shot for what seemed like hours at a time. It was a slog, but the Denver Nuggets ultimately get the win and with it, a title. Matt Moore from Locked on Nuggets joins me now from the arena, um, maybe maybe covered in champagne. Uh, and, and, and Matt, let's start with this game and then we can zoom out a little bit. This was a game in which um, the Nuggets did not even crack 20% shooting from three, but Nikola Jokic just found a way and and their defense late in the game came up with uh, the critical steal on Jimmy Butler to salt it away. What did you see in the second half? Yeah, you know, resiliency from this Nuggets team that has been confident in their ability to do that all year. Um, I go back to game four of the Lakers series on the road. It's been easy to kind of give that one up and they storm back from 15 down. Nothing went the Nuggets way tonight. Uh, they wound up in foul trouble. They were turning the ball over the first time in this series. Couldn't hit a three to save their souls. Uh, the Heat, you have to give them so much credit for how they played in this one. Backs against the wall. It would have been very easy to just go through the motions. And once the Nuggets hit them with a punch early, just go down. But Miami kept battling and kept battling and dragged this game into the hell where they are so comfortable. And they made this game miserable for everyone involved. Uh, but ultimately, Denver just had too much. You know, Clutch key buckets by uh, Nikola Jokic, Bruce Brown, clutch block from Aaron Gordon. This team's defensive ceiling was really the question that everyone had throughout the season. We knew that they could score. Well, it turns out not always, but you know, could they get stops? They absolutely needed them. And ultimately in game five at home with a chance to win a championship, everyone stepped up and made plays. Uh, the heat attacked Nikola Jokic over and over again. He kept making plays at the rim. And then KCP with a clutch steal on Jimmy Butler, who was never right in the series. I think it's pretty clear. We can say that. Um, unfortunately, that's just how it goes. And so the Denver Nuggets are your NBA champions. There's going to be a lot of conversations in the coming days and weeks um, about legacy for Nikola Jokic. And then there are going to be some people who go, look, they played three playing teams. Um, at the same time, they only lost four games. Um, and, and the Suns were the only ones who were able to get more than one game off of them. And let's also not forget, Nikola Jokic was absolutely brilliant coming off two MVPs. What is going to be the indelible memory you have of this team? I think uh, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, two-man game. Um, you know, Murray coming back from the ACL injury. He had always been like on the verge of being a star, but never quite got there until the bubble. Had an amazing run where everyone's like, all right, this is the start of his ascendance. He gets hurt the following season. And he loses a year and a half. And the Nuggets lose a year and a half of contention. And for him to come back and have played as well as he did in the playoffs, they needed everything that Murray gave them. They needed everything that Jokic gave them. That's the starting place. But Jokic gives them a chance in any game with how brilliant he is. Murray made them dominant with how great he was. So that combination, I think, really carries over. 
Um, I'll also think a lot about the selflessness of this team, about all guys being willing to make sacrifices, whether it's Aaron mm-hmm. Gordon playing. If he needs to just play defense, he just plays defense. If he needs to score 27 in game three or in game four, he scores 27. Making those plays. KCP making plays. Bruce Brown making plays. All the guys that contributed along the way. Uh, the veterans like Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan, who were so vital for this locker room to be as close-knit and in such a good place as it was. The coaching staff for what it was able to do. You do not find a lot of stories like this where a coach, is, a coach of this team for this long and they win a title. It's got to be extremely yeah. vindicating for Michael Malone, the Nuggets organization. Um, that's it. I think the lasting image is just going to be of Jamal Murray coming off of a pick from Nikola Jokic with Jokic ready to catch and make a play for others. Um, that style of basketball was amazing to watch this season, and it won an NBA championship. Stay up to date all year on the Denver Nuggets by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Nuggets on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, are the Heat about to make a play for a superstar this offseason? Before we get to that, the Patriots are cutting ties with a running back three months after signing him. Bill Belichick has some equipment issues with running backs. Fantasy football players know this. Make your way to FanDuel right now for an amazing introductory offer. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. I'm not great at math, but I know that one. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the Stanley Cup Finals to Major League Baseball, the WNBA, and so much more. The Mets and Yankees face off in Queens, and Max Scherzer is on the bump for the Metropolitans. Naturally, FanDuel has the Mets favored to win on the money line, minus 148. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. They're an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The New England Patriots cut ties with running back James Robinson on Monday. The 24-year-old had agreed to a two-year deal with a base value of $4 million on March 15th but it included no guaranteed money and was structured in a way that protected the Patriots based on Robinson's injury history. Robinson tore an Achilles late in 2021 while playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Robinson's release came on the first day of mandatory minicamp when players routinely take physical exams. Doesn't seem like a coincidence on that one. Minnesota Vikings pass rusher Daniil Hunter is planning to hold out for the team's mandatory minicamp this week as questions persist about his future with the team. This according to a report, he skipped the voluntary portion of the Vikings offseason program as the sides discussed further contract adjustments, but the decisions to hold out increased the stakes of that dispute. Skipping mandatory camp will subject him to mandatory fines of over $16,000 for the first day and almost $33,000 for the second. Hunter had 10 and a half sacks last year after missing the previous two seasons to injury. Remember, the Vikings already traded Zadarius Smith to Cleveland this offseason. On the diamond, the Cincinnati Reds continue to be a ridiculously fun team to watch right now after getting an improbable save from an unlikely pitcher making his major league debut. Where were you? For the night of the Ricky Karcher game. What's up? This is Jeff Carr from the Lockdown Reds podcast. And oh my goodness, like the absolute craziest, weirdest, just 
That, I don't even know how the Reds won that game. Ricky Karcher makes his major league debut. Ricky Karcher now a trivia question for anybody that wants to know it. First guy to get a save in his major league debut since 1939. And when I say he was all over the place, I'm saying that Ricky Vaughn and Nuke Lelouch thought that he was all over the place. Wasn't even throwing mostly strikes and somehow gets the save. I have never felt this jacked up after a win over the Royals in the middle of June by the Reds. Wait, wait. <laughs> the A's are on a roll. They beat the Rays for their sixth straight dub and will have a reverse boycott of owner John Fisher today. The Oakland A's just beat the Tampa Bay Rays four to three here at the Coliseum. And uh, this is just a, a wild winning streak that they've got going on right now. Six in a row heading into the reverse boycott. How's it going, everybody? This is Jason Burke of Locked on Ace. And uh, this is just a fascinating time to be an A's fan right now. The legislature is busy in Nevada. They're recessed. They're, they're, do they have the votes? We don't know. But we do know there's going to be a reverse boycott here at the Coliseum. At least 20,000 fans are expected with sell shirts in hand. Chance galore for John Fisher to sell the team. And meanwhile, the Oakland A's are rallying behind the fans for once. And they have put together a six-game win streak that includes a win tonight against the Tampa Bay Rays. Things are going great. Keep Tune in to Locked On A's to hear more about this because it is a fascinating time to be an A's fan right now. Here is another story you need to know. Jimmy Butler caught fire in the fourth quarter and it looked like the Miami Heat were going to do something that they had done so many times in this NBA playoffs and that was steal a game. Ultimately, they came up short. It was just a little too little and a little too late. Wes Goldberg from Locked on Heat joins me now. And Wes, let's actually start with the Jimmy Butler of it all because as I mentioned, he did get hot in the fourth quarter, but overall he shoots five of 18 and did not seem engaged fully for, for much of the game, was not making shots for much of the game and then had, when the, the Heat had a chance to go in and take the lead, that pivotal turnover that ultimately seemed to salt the game away. What What is your, your reaction to the game yeah. Jimmy Butler just had? This is not what I think anybody expected from Jimmy Butler. Clearly hobbled for most of the NBA Finals, if not all of them. I mean, you can even go back to the end of that Boston Celtics series in the conference finals, and he just wasn't the same guy as that we saw in the Milwaukee series and for so much of sort of the Eastern Conference side of the bracket. But um, you would think down 3-1 in Denver, this would be sort of the moment. Whatever he had left, this was the time to give it. Maybe, maybe that's what ultimately he did have left. You know, I, I think it's fair to wonder. He was two of 10 in the first three quarters. Mm. Um, did not make a field goal in the second half until about five minutes left when he made that corner three. Uh, and then of course he goes on to score uh, 13 straight points for the Miami Heat to keep them in it. And you're sitting there like, I'm sitting there at least wondering, is he going to really do this? Like, is this going to be the Jimmy Butler hero moment? Um, and it almost was. It almost was. But he tried to be maybe a little bit too heroic. Um, you know, 45 seconds down one. He gets Murray switched on to him. He, the switch that he wants, that's the mismatch that he wants to attack, and he attacks it. Nikola Jokic slides over. He picks up his dribble and then throws backwards a bad pass that uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope intercepts, and that wasn't quite the game. The next possession down, 
gets Aaron Gordon uh, matched up on him on the right wing, turns around and just takes like this ill-advised turnaround three-pointer. That was not like going for the kill like it was in game seven against Boston last year. That was just a bad shot, a bad decision. There was no reason to take it at that time. You could have still, uh, even down three at that point, put the ball on the ground, tried to get a layup and extend the game a little bit. But uh, a couple of bad possessions by Jimmy Butler late, a lot of bad possessions by Jimmy Butler early in the game, save for just the, that 13-point stretch of uh, of his. You got to think it was a pretty disappointing outing for Jimmy Butler in, in Miami's biggest game of the season. What is ultimately the, the takeaway from this season then? Because you have a team that gets red hot in, in the playoffs after what was an up and down regular season, uh, a lot more downs than you would expect from the, the reigning number one seed in the Eastern Conference. But a lot of that, as we've talked about on the show, had to do with injury. Some shooting variance plays into this. So are they the team that was in the NBA Finals? Or are they closer to the team that was barely 500 during the year? I would say probably closer to the team that was in the finals. I, I'll give, I'll go even like larger sample here and just kind of include last yeah. year's team um, in the mix. That was the number one seed in the East was a shot away from making the NBA finals. This is a very good basketball team. With and then the finals players. three years ago in the finals three years ago. Exactly. And so I think this is a team that does compete at the top rung of the Eastern conference. But I think if these last four years have shown that it's also shown that there's still probably a piece away, a notch below where it is that they want to be uh, and a team that's capable of ultimately winning a championship. Do, do you think the model that that seemed to work so well early in the postseason ultimately unraveled here or, or in terms of like, hey, role players, make shots, do some funky things with zone defenses over the course of the game and, and hope that you get a Gabe Vincent game or a Max Struess game um, or a Caleb Martin game or, or is this just a really good Denver team that was was good in all the places Miami couldn't match up with? Like, how do you, how do you see that that balance? I think it was both. I think first and foremost, credit to the Denver Nuggets. They were the yeah. best team in the finals. They were the best team all season long. They were kind of just sitting there, right, for everybody to just recognize, and very few people did do it. So credit to them. They went out and snatched this NBA Finals, and they were a deserving champion. So I don't think that there's anything that if you're the Miami Heat, you could say, I don't think anybody could say in their right mind that the Miami Heat should have won this and they let it go. Stay up to date all year on the Miami Heat by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Heat on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the NBA economic landscape is about to shift this offseason. The NBA offseason is one of the best offseasons to watch. It's impeccable for content. This summer will be no different, as Howard Beck tells David Locke on a recent Locked on NBA. It will it will eventually, I think, be a chilling effect on the free agent markets in future years. Could be um, this, this. You know, it's not like this is a big free agency summer anyway. You know, this this is a typical summer in that we have a small number of teams with like max room or more, um, and then another few that can get to a certain amount. You know, a decent amount of, of cap room, and they're mostly the teams that aren't not are, you know are not expecting to to be contenders. And so they're not necessarily destinations, right? Like James Harden's a free agent. James Harden's not going to, you know, Orlando or Detroit, right? Or, um, but he may be going back to Houston, uh, at least. So the rumors persist. Um, you know, there's not a, there's not a lot of big time free agents. The ones that are out there are, are like Harden and Kyrie who both have like major caveats, you know, attached to them. Um, in terms of the chilling effect, I think the opposite is going to happen this summer. 
I think we're going to see absolute fireworks this summer in terms of movement because so many teams are now going to be trying to get their books in order. So they're going to be trying to offload salary. And it may not be superstar salaries, max salaries. It may be just some over overpaid mid-tier guys. You know, um, It may be that much more incentive for the Warriors to offload Jordan Poole, right? That's the kind of contract I'm thinking of. Like guys who, you know, cashed out, you know, Tyler Hero could be on the move this summer for all we know. Um, like there's there's going to be a kind of a rebalancing of the NBA economy, I think, as teams reckon with all the impacts of this this new system. It should be no surprise to anyone. Look at the playoffs we just watched. An eighth seed, a team that was mere minutes away from missing the playoffs, was in the NBA Finals. And the team that won the Finals played three play-in teams on their path to that Finals. The Lakers were in the play-in. Of course, the Nuggets got to play a play-in team by being the one seed, but then they also played one in the finals. The league is wide open, and the collective bargaining agreement, the new apron, all of these things create all sorts of weird and unique circumstances for the league. It's never been deeper, and right now it's never been more competitive. So that means more teams trying to get in the mix because they feel like they could be one star away, and also... More stars going, I can win right now. What am I doing toiling in, insert bad city for an NBA player X or bad organization, even in a good city for an NBA player. And that's how you get another crazy NBA offseason. And finally, the Jacksonville Jaguars could potentially play home games at Daytona International Speedway. Proposed renovations of TIAA Bank Field could happen soon, which means displacing the Jags in the meantime. Both the Speedway president and Jaguars president have confirmed the scheduled meetings between the two sides. I'd like to see them play a game during a race. Would really test the communication skills of offensive lines for both teams. Maybe not the best for, like, air quality. I don't know. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, will the Golden Knights finish off their first ever Stanley Cup championship? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.